0: Welcome back to another episode of the Go It podcast. My name is Yasmin and this is the podcast where I share different stories of people who have gone within and who have kind of approached life from a bit of a different mentality than you generally find out there. Before I introduce today's guest, John Malia, who's a beautiful and talented soul, I just want to take a moment to mention the power behind the Go It podcast, which is Sanya Eco Spa, which is my, my labor of love, you can call it. It's uh, really the expression of my own go-within journey. It is the, the, the fruit of all of the years I spent really going within and trying to find my own authentic self and what I really wanted to do in this world. And Even though we call Sanya a spa, it is so much more than just a spa. It's a place where you can heal, a place where you can learn, a place where you can go within. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, though, I feel like we approach well-being from a slightly different angle than is commonly found out there. We have a lot of different services. You can do the normal spa stuff, you know, the massages and the the sauna and all of the things that help your physical healing but our real speciality is integrating all of that with a sense of the inner journey, getting to know yourself better because really I believe that health starts from the inside out and if we don't really improve our uh, relationship with ourselves, then physical, mental and emotional well-being are going to be quite hard to come by no matter how many massages we take or how many healthy meals we eat so really the go within journey is such a crucial part of living a happy healthy and fulfilled life so you know where to find us if you want more of that you can visit our website or our Facebook page or just contact me personally if you want a bit of guidance on where to start. Without any further ado I'm going to introduce today's guest John Malia. John is a really, really beautiful person. I came across John many years ago when he performed um, for an event organized by an NGO called Get Up Stand Up, which was really my first creation, my first project that I ever worked on. And back all those years ago, even though I I didn't know John at all, um, what struck me was his just desire wholehearted to get involved and be of service and I always noted that and um, ever since then I've just kept an eye on his projects and been been really touched by a lot of his work you know shows like the Kashaturi which was one of his latest shows also the Limestone Cowboy these were all creations which really struck me as really beautiful works of art and really had a depth behind them that is not um that you don't find in every piece of artwork. So what really inspired me to reach out to John and have him on the podcast was that he just launched a project called the Man Up Project, which we're going to reference a lot in this episode. The Man Up Project is essentially a space for men to come together and find themselves and, and get the support they need in a community. Um, I hope I'm not totally butchering that, but um, that's that's kind of how I took it, and it struck me because I obviously work in the self-development sphere and in many of these areas, um, it is a predominantly female um, participant list. Usually, there's a lot more women who are interested in going within in general, and I I've always felt. Inspired and touched when I met men who had gone within. We've had a few on this podcast. Um, our beloved Carl, um, uh, Simon, and and so many other men who, um, Luke, um, who have really reflected on who they are and and created a life more intentionally instead of just kind of flowing down the track that society or their environment set for them, and this is always something that I aspired to see more of, more men going within, um, because this idea that it's a feminine thing or that it's something, you know, that only women should be into is completely crazy. Um, and I, can, I, I speak for myself, but probably from a few other women too, that actually seeing men really getting conscious and transforming their lives is extremely attractive and inspiring. So... To all the men out there listening, I think the Manner Project is amazing, which is why I invited John here to tell us a little bit about why he started the project and dive a bit into his own journey, because he does have an honesty uh, about what he's been through that actually got him to the point that he wanted to create this space. And I, I was very intrigued to hear that story too, so... Uh, the, the flow of this podcast is a, is a bit more energetic <laughs> than than we usually have. And John brings his completely unique uh, style to the conversation. And personally, I was very touched by it. So I'm really intrigued to see how you all enjoy this conversation. And as always, if you have any comments, I, I would love to hear from you, even though People listening usually reach out to my guests more than me, but I would love to hear those comments and uh, yeah, also reach out to John if what he's doing inspires you in some way. Thank you for listening to that rather long intro. Here's my conversation with John.
1: We can start if you want and we'll see how that goes. Let's do it, welcome. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like... uh, Kind of like that first part of the, the the of any interview you do is kind of always a bit awkward, because there's there's always like a a formality a spouse to it. Like when I'm on television, people go merhaba John, and then I go uh, grazie. I think I should say grazie now, right? <laughs> grazie tali. Then no, they'll go grazie tali and then I go no. I, see, I can't <laughs> even I can't I can't even recount how that goes, because that that part is just Good so. That
0: you're
1: not the I'm so alien to like. Uh, Formalities. That's always... It's
0: funny that you say that because you seem very
1: relaxed on camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, generally I, I'm, I'm quite relaxed. I just don't know... Like, for example, my whole life I went to weddings not knowing I should take a gift. <laughs> this is true. Like, I've discovered that at the age of like 32 when my, my wife and I, now my wife... Like, she's not... Actually, my wife. Was you my got wife. married?
0: That you No, no, no. You get I think I think I think
1: I think i, get, I married. yet. I call her my wife. Like she's pretty much like I'm. I'm, I'm super invested in, and we have kids, and I have a house, and we have, uh, you know, like a, like it's a deep bond. But uh, yeah, we're going to the wedding. She's like, okay, let's go. She's like, uh, did you get a gift? I'm Like what gift? <laughs> <laughs> I have zero idea. Like I, I'm not very much dialed into to. to the protocol and i always felt a bit like that i always felt a bit like like i was lost like even being in in, in school like everyone kind of was, was dialed in and knew what was happening i didn't i was i was generally in my in my own world and then, um i'd emerge out of the world with a i don't know with a song or a drawing and then uh, kind of like just get everyone involved into my world or not and then just feel perfectly alien and misfit and whatever so I don't know where my story starts, man. It's been a, it's been a weird. It's maybe maybe it's we can start from the end, to be honest. Because I mean, yeah, okay. I love
0: what you do. I think Kashaturi okay. is fantastic, and um, you, your Maltese is truly beautiful and inspiring. Um, but what really captured me to say, like I want to sit down and have a chat with you, was your Man Up project. Okay. Cool. And that's basically because I have been on my own journey of transformation. From you know being very addicted to drugs, being very addicted to smoking weed, you know it was a daily habit for me for many many years, and I kind of got to the point in my life where I said, "The I woman up, <laughs> right? Yeah, I had yeah, to. Sure. Um, I had to find myself, and that was not an easy journey, right? There's a lot of things yeah. you have to struggle through, a lot of things you have to let go, a lot of habits and addictions that you kind of have to uh, let go along the way, and. I am in this world of self development, spirituality, meditation, and so on. And it's predominantly women, let's be honest. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's like 70 yeah, 80% women. And yeah. all of the women always say like, that men need this, right? Yeah, and yeah. We, it's we, kind of ironic, by the way, because the best place for men to go is where there's 70 80% women. women. But anyway. Yes, the success <laughs> rate is going to be amazing, yes. guys. Come on. But they still feel like, I think, super intimidated by the.
1: Yeah, my, I used to my, feel that when I used to go to Pilates. I know Pilates is amazing for me, but I suck at Pilates. I'm like, I'm a guy who's done like a, a lot of powerlifting and then and, and, and did some boxing and some jujitsu and stuff like that. So it's very, like it feeds very much into kind of like the masculine side of me. But then when I go, I, I've done Pilates with my wife, who's much better at Pilates than me. To be fair, like uh, 50-year-old housewives and school Teachers were better at me than Pilates, and it's quite embarrassing. <laughs> it's like, I can't hold this. And
0: Pilates is like relatively more men as well than something like yoga or meditation or,
1: you know, these kind of things. So I don't think I, uh, no, I, th- I, did. I did Kundalini yoga for a time. I've experimented a lot, a lot. Um, uh, and, 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 and I credit meditation for most of my um, improvements, most of my successes, I think. I think meditation has been the bedrock for me to be able to um, look at thoughts for what they are, you know, like my, as I said, you know, my, my mind is um, prone to kind of throw up a bunch of crazy ideas and when you're a youth, when you're an adolescent and you don't know any better, you think that that idea is the idea that you should pursue, but really perhaps it's not, <laughs> um, but it could still be an interesting idea that, you, that could, could inform you in some measure, and or maybe it's like a pedestal that you can build the other idea on and so forth. Um, but, uh, yeah, meditation has definitely showed me how to look at my ideas for the objects that they are. They're more kind of like, how about this, yeah. rather than this is what it is, and like, uh, John, you suck, you're a loser. Okay, let's look at that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> let's look at that for a second. Um, and, um, and, you know, once you once you achieve that, I think that's quite a superpower because most people are quite hysterical. Like, they, 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 they people tend to kind of uh, listen, first of all, to their very hyperactive minds. And secondly, above that, you have constant messaging coming out of everywhere, you know. Um, I still have a huge problem with my phone. Like I'm continually checking my phone. It's because I'm I'm so present online. Uh, I'm sometimes I'm a bit paranoid about you know like a, the, the, the the Facebook equivalent of a, a Twitter storm coming my way, and it does sometimes. I mean I put a post out two days ago about fathers and people lost lost their bananas, you know, and then you want to assuage that, so then you kind of get. Uh, like neurotically involved in that kind of stuff, um, but yeah, me- meditation. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the uh, Bible thumping equivalent of like uh, Sam Harris, you know. Like, like, like I will Bible thump <laughs> Sam Harris down people's throat. Like, I will open conversations with my friends. They'll go, hey, John, this about we go out Friday? I'm like, have you listened to some fucking <laughs> Sam Harris today? Um, and then we can have the conversation. Yeah, so uh, if anyone's listening, I'm going to plug the Waking Up uh, app by Sam Harris. It's phenomenal things that will do to your life. Um, same as, uh, you know, things that, that me and you spoke about. I had my vices, um, several of them. I was actually quite... Um, caught up in the web of my of, of vices and, and neurotic thinking and and one day I just thought okay dude enough because my mom was like my, my the biggest motive so my motivation was my mom so my mom is actually once they interviewed her and she was on tape saying uh, um, one night she sat in the kitchen and she was wondering whether she's going to kill me in my sleep this is true whether she's going to kill me in my sleep or she's going to kill herself Luckily, neither of those two things happened, but I was that problematic for a woman who is tough as nails. I mean, my mother grew up um, in a little, in a slum, literally in a slum in Hamron. It wasn't until she was married that she slept on a bed, right? So her parents were sleeping on a bed. Dad was an alcoholic and whatever, you know. Um, and she was like 10 years old. Dad used to, used to uh, drink away... The wage, and she would need to go to the grocery store and literally beg for for milk. And so my mom's tough, you know, she's hard, and, and and she's on top of that, you know, she made something out of her life anyway. She at forty, she went back, she went not back to university, she went back to education, went to university, became a social worker, found the things like Fade, that that is slim. That's all my mother is doing, and people respect her greatly because she was, uh, uh, it's very emotional for me she was very empathic. And she was very strong at the same time, which is what I hope to achieve, you know, at least before I die. (laughs) Um.
0: I think that's like, you know, I just want to highlight on that because I also had this kind of point in my life where I realized that I wanted to strive for things like that, right? Like more compassionate, more empathetic. And instead of striving for better car, better job, better material Mm -hmm. things, there was this Kind of point in my life where I was like I want to actually be a better person and I think this is why I was touched by your minor project because it seemed like you're trying to create a space for people to actually create these inner skills and look at life through a different way and I think yeah. it's something that's so needed in our society because we're just brainwashed with this outer outer all the time outer yeah, 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 yeah. stuff and, and that's why I just think what, what you're doing is great. Um,
1: well, uh, first of all, thank you for thinking what I'm doing is great. It's always uh, nice to be kind of a, a acknowledged, especially by, by persons like you that are in the field, that are very active in the field, that have been very active in the field. Um, the, 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 the the MANA project is uh, it's a contemplation because uh, aside from the MANA project, I do other kind of, uh, projects such as Kashaturi, as, as you well know, and Kashaturi is very kind of like ec- extrinsic to me. So like I am complaining about things that are outside of, not outside of my control as such, but uh, outside of me. So there's a system there and I'm going to uh, look at it and critique it uh, to the best of my ability. I'm going to make people laugh about it. I'm going to take action about it. You know, we're actually lo- opening lawsuits and all that, but it's outside of me, right? But the smallest particle to my society is the individual, right? So we need to before, or maybe at the same time, uh, kind of create better individuals that are building blocks to the edifice that is our society. Now, how do you do that? You do that by empowering the individual, by having the individual look inside himself. Um, people need to kind of start to understand who they are, to themselves, who they are to their families, who they are to their communities, and there's so much gratification from that. It's like insane how amazing it is to serve other people. I mean, uh, you know, I, I there there is nothing I am prouder than uh, you know, like raising my kids. Um, like my two days ago, my daughter went to sleep at like. Um, 9 p.m., and she didn't eat. She was looking like a bit. She was looking a bit unwell. And and my daughter likes to eat. So my daughter not eating before she goes to bed is a, 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 a complete anomaly. I was awaiting uh, like Armageddon to strike at 3 a.m. And at four, she wakes up. And she's like, "Pa, apple fruit." Meaning she wants an apple. Like yes, yes. I will give. You. I am now. I now have a reason for my existence, I will stand up, <laughs> I will make this the best apple fruit, would you like me to wash it, would you like a honey, with? Oh, just give me the apple, <laughs> and I was, st- and it just gives you so much uh, purpose to, set, to, to help and serve other people, and I've done this kind of work, I've done three years of voluntary in prison, I've done three years of voluntary in uh, residential care homes, um, I used to work uh i think for two or three years with uh, with underage migrants and being of a shoulder support a brother uh, um someone to kind of be a reference point someone to cry with someone to go for a walk with um someone that is informing you of your identity so for example in prison what we used to do and in schools, so so my two favorite product, projects that were similar to Man Up that kind of led to to me starting Man Up with with Matthew Bartolo. Um The precursors were so the thinking was firstly, Kashaturi is important and we're critiquing this, but that's not that's hardly enough, right? The second was my personal journey, which we can get to later on, and the third was that I had done a number of artistic voluntary projects um, in prison, and I did an, uh, uh, one in schools as well. I think we repeated that like two or three or four times. It was like on their, I think it was the presidential president. I think that was, I don't remember. As I said, like me and protocols, I don't know why, who sent me there, but I was there. I turned up. <laughs> I turned up and I tu- and, and um, um, so for example, the, the prison project was meant to be one year, but I just couldn't let it go. So I just kept turning up uh, for another two years. And basically what it was, was... I had read like one sentence in a book by you Noah know, Yuval Harari, *Sapiens*, right? Yes. It, phenomenal book, big book, um, and the the, the the sentence was something about uh, uh, the development of language as a mirror to the mind, right? And I thought, oh, that's a really profound idea, you know. So so that's how that's how I can get to look at. Um, what's going on in my mind, if I if I can project that onto either like a beat or a piece of paper or... And I, and I think I heard, not I think, I'm sure I heard Emma Hogg when she came here and she was talking about her uh, advent into poetry. And I knew, and she she wasn't too sure why she was doing that, but I'm pretty sure why she was doing that. And um, it's like when people tell you, you know, like, don't keep it up, don't keep it in yourself, don't bottle it up, like, have a conversation. And there's good reason for that because as abs- the abstract animals that we are, we can uh, kind of project the the confusion onto a canvas that we can then sort out. So that's what I was doing in prison. I was helping, I was, you know, under the guise of teaching them how to rap. I was showing them how to articulate um, thoughts and that's a powerful thing because because your thoughts contribute greatly to your identity, and then when you apply language to start articulating your biography, you start understanding where you came from. And most of these people, like, they had a lot of time on their hands, but they never really mapped out what uh, sequence of, of events brought them to be locked up in cell A11. They didn't, they, they, they didn't, and when they do that, mate, when it happens, I mean, that. And, and I know exactly when it's gonna click. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it progress, and I know it's gonna click. And I know this big beefy dude is gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna cry, and I'm gonna cry more. And this was pre-COVID, so I would hug. <laughs> and Maybe I'd kiss his forehead. Uh, it's all right, mate. We're gonna figure it out you know and then i'd punch him so we can feel male anyway uh then <laughs> to he'd punch, punch it out <laughs> yeah you know like to keep the uh, to keep the andro uh, andro levels at a at a satisfactory <laughs> level um yeah, yeah. And, and, and and but so i realized how powerful language was and then i replicated that project in schools and that was phenomenal because uh, because in schools I was meant to... So I used to go to schools and you know, like uh, like Jesus kind of used to say, or whatever. Like I used to go and like, give me your 10 worst kids. Like the kids that are so under control, no one wants to have them in their class. Actually when I go to the class and pick those kids out, the teachers are going to like slip me 5 euros because they <laughs> have just made their life 15%, 50, 100% better. and. Um, I used to have them in a class, like these 10 kids, and invariably, like first lesson, everyone's trying to test me, um, and and everyone's trying to be difficult and cool and smart, but I I was that kid, you know, so I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about, I know exactly what your angle is, you know, and we can have, and and I'll give you the first lesson, you know, but by second lesson, they're so hooked um, that, First of all, I used to have, so these kids, I, I kid you not, they used to have 45-minute lessons, right, with other subjects. 45-minute lessons. They wouldn't be able to sit for three of those minutes, right? They would disrupt. The teacher would send them out to play football or something, like completely completely marginalized academically because they were such a cause for disruption and disrupting other, other kids' scholastic and educational experience. But when it came to these lessons, they used to sit with me for four hours, man four hours and they wouldn't they didn't uh, move they, they didn't they didn't want to get out they're not trying to come up with some excuse no 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 they, there was there was one point where one of the girls because I did it with boys and little girls and there was one point um I still forget what the thing was like she came into class and, and we, the, the whole the whole kind of project was we're gonna build a song together over the course of the next three months or whatever but the whole point was that again articulation and, and presenting yourself and and how, um, uh, people are going to perceive you if you articulate better and and how to use the cadence of your voice and the timbre of your voice and everything else, and I remember like we wrote, um, uh, we wrote a verse and the, the we wrote we wrote a is that a verse a couplet no we wrote a couplet which is like two lines on top of each other, and the the two lines started with the same word, I forget what the word was, and one of the girls was the most problematic girl, this girl was so problematic, the first lesson, I'm like, all right, uh, guys, you shut the door, everybody get inside, they all get inside, she shuts the door, she walks around all the other kids, and she climbs out the window, just to show like, okay, you say shut the door, I can go out the window. Like this was that girl, right? And I don't know her, I've met her for 15 seconds, and this is how she wants to present herself to me but by like the third or fourth lesson, I, I write this, like that, this thing that we come up with together. She goes, sir, dick anaphora. Sir, that's an anaphora, I don't know what the hell that is. Meaning that like, the, the two lines in the couplet start with the same word, it's a, it's a poetic technique. And shit, I didn't know that, you know? <laughs> but she, she evidently, is like, no, no, cause I went home and I, and I took my literature book and I'm sure that's an anaphora cause I'm studying. Sir, you see how I'm studying? And um, amazing, and the the energy was so uh, the intensity and the energy was so great. Uh, what,
0: what do you feel that it was that kind of shifted this from for them from their ordinary class experience to the
1: experience of this class? I used to get asked that a lot because uh, because uh, first of all, teachers used to walk by my class and they used to see like these kids that they considered borderline delinquents just sitting there and and participating or like doing presentation and they'd be like, you know, what are you doing to these kids? Um, I think, so first of all, I just, I I, I honestly feel like I have um, an aptitude for communicating with children. I think there's an element of me that is very childlike in the sense that I very interested by very many ideas and very like in one small protraction of time, I could be interested in six ideas. That's my ADHD as well, um, which was another thing that like they discovered I had at twenty two. So like, you can imagine my my scholastic um, adventures were well misadventures <laughs> were 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 somewhat uh, somewhat problematic. Um, so and, and since I was that kid, I know what pisses you off. And what pisses you off is a number of things. So one is you're, you tend to be kind of more enamored with the idea of chaos than order. And school is entirely kind of a rigid, scheduled, uh, orderly thing, which is, yeah, I mean, you have to have... These systems in place in life you do, but when you take a kid who has very little life experience and understands very little about himself and understands very little about these dynamics, and you just throw him in there and say, "Okay, this is now you are sitting at that desk and you're gonna stand up and we're gonna say the sign of the cross," it's just like infuriating, you know. And there's that, um, and then and then there's also like a level of sincerity that. Um, I think I afforded them that was different from what the other uh, teachers did. Obviously, I think the other teachers were like a bit of a a great big panic to finish the syllabus. Right? Um, I knew that I just wanted to make them or afford them some insight into them making themselves better versions of themselves by the time I'm done. But I knew that I could do that only if I don't impose too much order on them and only if i show them who i really am and uh, perhaps today you know the first 30 minutes let's go play basketball and then uh, we'll say i don't know uh, we'll we'll tell each other a couple of jokes and then we will start no worries um yeah i'd love to just like i think it's really interesting this idea
0: of chaos and order because we're always living somewhere between the two and um, in a way yes you're a kid we all have different backgrounds some have backgrounds which have a lot more pain and cause a child to feel a lot more chaotic than other children do and at the same time we don't have any skills we're not taught any skills to make sense of that chaos and deal with it in a in a good way and express yourself and I love the way you have this kind of perspective of like how do we present ourselves how do we express ourselves because I mean in my background in yoga and healing and meditation all of this it is the first step is really just that awareness of who you are and what you're feeling and next step is express that um in a in a safe way and I think you're doing that kind of intuitively through your app and creating space where actually they can find out and, and make peace really with, with what they're feeling which can be pretty scary for even for adults
1: yeah yeah but it's uh, there, 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 i guess there's a sales component to that so the the, the the payoff for that is you becoming the cool kid at school that wraps <laughs> yeah fuck it you know I'll I'll, I'll I'll expose myself a bit i guess uh and there's a great payoff in in, in understanding who you are and remember in prison so just to digress back to that project uh, that, that that's the type of person that has seen some like the peripheries of pain that seldom are people exposed to that extremity right um, so at a point even though um, they're very boiled up and hardened that's a that, 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 that hardness the price tag for that hardness is a lot of pain so the moment someone comes along and says you know i might have something for that pain and we can try it if you want Um, and again if it's someone that's sincere if it's someone that um, you know like they some of those kids identified with me a bit you know like they they say you know a young man with 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 tattoos perhaps a bit of a background perhaps a bit of uh, you know the same kind of affinities for for things that they enjoy that i enjoyed you know, so, so there, there there was kind of a convergence of of um, of identity between mine and theirs. So so obviously people open up, people open up to that, and the moment you start applying that um, that ointment, and it's a bit relieving, then. Like, they couldn't have enough. And especially in prison, that was especially true, because in in prison, they have nothing to do, you know? Like, that was the joke. That was like, so, you guys coming back next week? (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) Um, I'm really curious. I'd really love to just ask you, like, how did you get this skill?
0: Because you seem to have made some peace with your own pains, and that's usually why you can help others with theirs, right? If you're in too much of your own chaos, it's very Mm -hmm. difficult to help others, and yeah, I'm just curious, like, how did you, did you have help? Did you have specific challenges that really taught you?
1: Um, so, so, uh, okay, here's, here's a bit more background. So I was raised in a single, a uh, single family home. My mother was kind of uh, the mother and father to me. Didn't have much money. Um, we weren't poor although something like I remember one time my mother like she's in the corridor and like I'm seeing her concern like you know and even my uh, very kind of egotistical uh, I was kind of on my own tangent I wasn't really kind of sympathizing with my mother at the time I was kind of going through my own shit and kind of trying to want to pursue my own um, desires and everything. Else. I realize this is, I realized, like something's wrong. My mom, my mom turns around, and she's she's tearing up. She's like, John, we have two euros left in the bank account. I don't know what we're doing. I think, oh, fuck, you know. Um, and the reason I'm saying all this is because a uh, spouse to all that is that my mother also um, adopted and fostered another. I don't know, four or five, six kids. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, and there's there's a great big number of people, even outside those four or five kids that lived in our home, that um, owe a great deal to my mother. Like, there's so many people out there that will tell you like Francis Malia either changed my life or saved my life or you know got me out of a real bad situation. Cause she's a badass man. I, like. <laughs> I remember. I remember her coming home and telling me and you know, all like. I, like like today there was this guy you know like he was telling me that he's gonna he's gonna kill me I'm like mom like that's not good you know it's like I'm like who is it and it's like this notable gangster that I know like if I say his name now you're like, oh my god him and he's like I don't, I don't give a shit I'm not he's not gonna touch his daughter again I'm like, like uh, I don't know ma <laughs> like looks that, like a big press <laughs> day but she fucking stood her ground man um, so. I was always, um, I was always exposed to, first of all, I've never had a thing that was mine. And, um, you know, one day I have a bed the next day I don't have a bed. It's someone else's bed. I don't have it. Like I have, I had a t-shirt then another three kids had a t-shirt. We never had, I never felt like I had any property. Right. So I always had this, uh, what I used to call, I used to call it communalism right? It's like communism, but on a smaller scale. So everyone in, in that house is, uh, it was a quite a big house, um, and everyone used to like partake in the house, and everyone used to kind of help in the house. I, to be honest, if I look back, we didn't help quite enough, you know? Like if my kids had to behave in the way that I behaved, there'd be some serious consequences, you know? There's no way I'm tolerating that hope my kids don't listen to this podcast, <laughs> no, but <bah. laughs> um, yeah, so, so I was always, uh, so my first experience in voluntary was myself at 13 years old. I had fallen in love with basketball to a great, great degree. I was obsessed. I'm a bit like that. I'm obsessed about things. That's how I kind of get to where I need to. Um, and uh, my mom was teaching at St. Patrick's, not teaching, sorry, she was a social worker at St. Patrick's. And uh, she said, listen, the, the kids after school, you know, they don't have much to do. Do you want to come and teach them basketball? So I used to go there, I think twice or three times a week, and teach the kids how to play basketball. Like, uh, I wasn't terrific, but I was better than them, you know. Um, and it felt good. It just felt good to be, to be helpful, um, made, made, made a bunch of friends. Um, and, and just the payoff of being useful. I think that was the first time that I felt like I could serve and and I kind of picked up on the gratification of being of service. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and then I don't know how I picked up on being able to uh, to communicate to, to people that are in pain or in trouble, et cetera, but I just I just am. I was in a lot of pain. Um, and perhaps because I've tried so many things, you know, like I was, I never like gave in to the pain, you know, so I've tried all kinds of yoga as a vegetarian for, uh, three years. I tried Christianity. I tried Buddhism. I've tried, uh, writing letters to God. I've tried uh, animism. I've tried, I've tried absolutely everything. Um, and then, but, but, and, and as ridiculous as that sounds, you realize that there are central tenets to these ideas that are not as esoteric as people kind of think they are, They're not as abstract. There are some fundamental um, truths that kind of run a thread across all of these um, uh, philosophies, schools of thought, or whatever, that are actually very useful, like the idea of order and chaos, you know, heaven and hell, Eden being the ultimate place of order and chaos. It's a walled garden, you know, it's like, and this idea of the walled garden is a thing that that has really kind of stayed with me, for example, like, because I'm by nature chaotic, right? I am, like, you can tell, like, the way I'm talking, you can tell that, like, I'm a bit, like I can get really all over the place. So what I aim to do is to create very neat boxes inside which to place my chaos. Right? So so I, I will create, create playing grounds, and these are the parameters of my playing grounds. And the, the, the playing grounds have like perhaps spatial and time constraints. And it's within those constraint constraints that uh, that I will allow my chaos to go as wild and as crazy as, as it need to be. But then that but that needs to be contained because when I don't allow it to, to, to When I don't contain it and I allow it to spill over, life can become absolute hell. Can become absolute hell for yourself and then the people around you that care for you, see you, and then perhaps you're a complete dickhead to people because you're in pain and then they say something that you completely misinterpret or just because you need to get it out of yourself. Um, So yeah, what was the question again? (laughs) <laughs>
0: no, I think you answered it. It was about yeah. the, how you became to be at peace with your own pain. and mm-hmm. It seems like you kind of absorb different kind of philosophies and learned through different uh, ways of um, experimenting. But But it seems like there's this core theme of expressing yourself that kind of runs through it all. And also creating spaces for other people to express themselves, which... Yeah, if you go back to all of these traditions, that idea of serving something other than yourself is mm-hmm. like a common theme of how we can really be happy in our life. In fact, that's how I first came to know about you because um, uh, you had done some stuff with Get Up Stand Up way, way, way back in the Did day. I? Yeah, I think you had done you had performed at one of our concerts or something like that,
1: um, and I. Get Up Stand Up was the it was an NGO.
0: Yes, we were
1: sort of we went at the Mars open Center we were doing
0: one. we were doing a lot of different stuff, uh, but okay. we did we we used to teach english there and but we used to do these like jamming for change, and we had these music concerts where we'd bring change. um like local artists and immigrant artists together to make these concerts and i I remember you were someone that we had reached out to and you were super happy to be involved and to help and I think. I'd love to just like touch upon the parallel between kind of the things you do with Kashaturi and the things you do on an individual level because there is a parallel, right? Like we have this society which, you know, is ripe for critique. (laughs) And we've we've created this system which is creating a lot of destruction on individual people's lives. But at the same time, that system is created by us as individuals. It is a product of us. Um, And so... You know all of these things that you're trying to bring in to people with this project it is the lack of those that has created the system right the lack of compassion the lack of people being able to take ownership of their pain the lack of being able to find themselves the lack of kind of being able to break down that narcissistic it's all about me mentality which which has created you know a lot of the things that you critique <laughs> um so yeah I, do, I don't know if you have any thoughts like it's not even really a question
1: it's just do like there question? is this you know? uh, i it's really a uh, wow it's a really co- complicated uh, idea so um uh, firstly so yesterday okay this brings me back to, to, to yesterday i was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine is a, a professor at the university and he, and um, we were talking about activism we had a, a quite a fairly deep conversation about activism and what i think is wrong with um activism here in malta right i think i think first of all and this is something that I try to at least um, achieve in casual. I don't know if I do, but I try. Sorry, excuse me, apologies. No problem. Uh, we can edit that part now. Yeah. <laughs> no, or not? It's, uh, <laughs> it's all good. Oh, it's fine to be human on the podcast. <laughs> ah, I feel so vindicated right now. Um, so, uh, the, the way, I, on, even though I'm kind of like, uh, burrowing through people and ideas sometimes. I try to be as empathic as possible, right? So I, I I try to throw stuff in there where I say, hey, listen, bro, I know, you fucked up. You fu- we all fuck up. We all fuck up. It's cool. But, you know, now give us the money back, for example, about <laughs> Facebook, you know? Like, I understand. You saw the money there. The Facebook was there. One plus one. Money plus Facebook. Me being popular. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it did perfectly... Uh, understandable proposition that you took advantage of, but now that we know, we all make mistakes. God knows I've made mistakes. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll even underscore it by saying my my own personal experience is like a life replete with terrible decisions. You know, and you made one of them, and that's fine. But now let's let's fix it. So, and I think um, activism Malta sometimes tends to be a bit too sanctimonious. we like we put ourselves on a pedestal and just kind of like you know throw throw whatever rocks downwards or whatever you want to say but the but but there's there's a lack of of humanity in it right um there's also kind of uh, the 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 idiosyncrasy of the individual responsibility is also removed from that so my what's my responsibility as as a citizen like um, crazy, crazy shit. Uh, for example, I had one guy. I'm not gonna say what he did, but he came to my house and uh, to provide a service to my household. And he said, "Oh shit, you're the guy from Kashaturi, I love your shows. Amazing. Compli Like you know, keep giving them hell, motherfuckers. Like he was. He went nuts. He went nuts. Like and he wouldn't stop talking. I'm trying to write Kashaturi and this guy is next to me. And I live in a 70 square meter flat at the moment." I couldn't get away from this guy, but this guy was evidently like a big fan because of the political activism. Two days in, he finishes what he needs to finish at my house. Um, I'm not at home. He goes to my wife and he says, Isma, did I'm too? I'm like, dude, like you, you what the fuck? <laughs> have you listened? Like, have you even realized how, 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 how crazy and hypocritical that is? So there's that. Um, and also, and also, also, also. Um, oh, there's so much wrong with activism. So then, then, then there's also the idea that a lot of activists just tend to paint a very bleak picture of what's going on, right? And there it and it is it's fairly bleak. It's fairly it's uh, fairly sometimes it feels insurmountable and impossible and everything else. Um, but there's two ideas there that that we need to kind of look into. One is that uh, you know in in the moments of adversity is that's when we shine the best, right? it's like uh, you can't like like the, the, the darker it is, the brighter the candle will shine or you know some some Confucian thing that I've completely <laughs> fucked up there. but uh, but that but that's true you know the, the, it, it's when you are under like duress, that's when you will like really pull out. Who you are and what you can be and you can achieve your potential, um, but we don't talk about that. Like we just talk about <laughs> how how terrible the situation is and I'm tired of this shit and 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 we don't offer and we don't tell people. But yeah this is a terrible system, but you have agency. You're strong, you're you're really, you have so much potential in yourself. You're a dynamo for change, did you know that? Like if you stop whining and figure out like four or five ways in which you could start living a better life in the sense of being of a better father, like like some of these people are complaining about, you know, they come they complain to me, about uh i don't know some new development whatever and then they're like you want to come sniff a line of coke i'm like oh take care of the coke first and then (laughs) like once you're off the coke and and you know like and and, oh and then you have a hooker there and your wife's at home fantastic yeah let's talk about the fucking development then shall we um then then once you start kind of fixing those things then you can move on you can move on to other things but the, the the point is that you are um you're an agent for change and, and and it doesn't even need to be big change it just needs to be uh, uh better in the way that you treat yourself treat others you know be more sincere be interact better i am sure you're going to fuck up but come on um it feels to me I,
0: I i mean i love everything and totally agree with everything that you're saying and i think this is I feel like we were that before. Like I feel like as a small island we had this more like community resilience where there was more togetherness in ages gone past. Maybe that's just an idealistic thing. Maybe fairy that's tale. a nostalgic um, yeah. It could be. and um, but I think also it's not in the sense like in some way I've money has read, replaced. But
1: I've recently read uh only the first few pages and, and, and the the militancy people are gonna uh the, 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 if anyone from the militancia circle is yeah. going to hear me now, they'll be <laughs> like, "Shut the fuck up, Jana! i don't know what you're talking about." But I did read the very first few pages of *Ulitet uh, na navenut Flamerica*, which is basically this uh, this novel about uh, the, the, so the the guy writing it felt like if he was around today, he'd be writing *Kashaturi*, okay. right? So he's looking at these. Uh, he's looking. This is which was written, I think. Uh, I think like turn of the century, like 1890-something, wow, right? Okay. And he's still looking at people like being completely um short-sighted, completely self-gratifying, completely insular. So I think perhaps we're, yeah. uh, I don't know, like judging by what this guy wrote, and I'd like to say the guy's name was Juan Mamo, but I'm really not sure. So um, he was already very frustrated uh, the way we were interacting with uh, with one another on such a, 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 a base uh, level.
0: It feels like every generation, we feel like it's getting worse. Um, I had a similar experience. I read a, uh, an amazing book, which was about economics in the 60s. And it was talking about like overconsumption and, you know, the sort of it was written in the 60s? They, yeah, it was published in 67. It's called okay. Small is Beautiful. Um, and yeah he kind of he was already kind of feeling what we feel, but it seemed does seem like it's getting worse. And um, mm-hmm. of course, like population is growing as well. So it's always going to be getting more intense, right? This kind of yeah. battle for resources and and all of this. But I do feel like we as Maltese people underneath, you know, and and perhaps not just Maltese, like us human beings in general, you know, deep within us, there is this space where, are very gratified from helping one another we do like to be in community we do like to be needed and to be able to rely on on others and it just feels like we've kind of lost that because one as you said it's much easier to complain about things and actually change Mm -hmm. your own life um but two like there's just not really the tools right like I happen to stumble upon teachers and information that kind of helped me realize all of this stuff and actually enact change in my life but Again, going back to like, I don't want to boost your ego too much, but why? what you're doing is good is because people need tools. Like yeah. Without tools, we can't really expect them to change without showing them the steps to take that change.
1: So um, I have about four or five ideas that I want to spouse to what you <laughs> just say. So first of all, are things getting worse? Um, objectively, they're not, right? Objectively... Um, we it's never been safer to be alive like you're much more likely to commit suicide than you are to to be killed violently this is a novelty you're far more likely to you know uh, die of obesity 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 than you are of starvation Uh, you're far less likely to die of infection than you were you know like a hundred years ago so invariably like I think out of all subjective experiences, pain is the realest. It's the one you can't uh, uh, escape, right? And if we as a society have succeeded in um, quelling that pain for always a greater uh, portion of humanity, then we are winning. I need to stop
0: you there, though, because pain, right? Like just because you live longer doesn't (laughs) mean that you have less pain. And just because you're dying of obesity as opposed to starvation doesn't necessarily mean you have less pain, right? It, it feels like our emotional and psychological pain has now transcended physical pain. But in many ways, physical pain is almost easier to bear than em- emotional and, and mental So pain. when you
1: say the emotional pain...
0: Like, like the suicide thing, right? Like why do people want to kill themselves? Because they're desperately unhappy and they're in so much emotional and mental pain that they would rather kill themselves.
1: I don't know what I don't know the statistics for if if people are actually suiciding more than they they did is that is it's that
0: definitely a, I mean you've all Noah Harari says this in his book right like what you just quoted that yeah. more people kill themselves now they are not killed by violence yeah, terrorism but, 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 crime but, but, all but
1: uh, does that also equate to people are now killing themselves more than they did hundred Or you were know, they already, already the like killing Have actually They
0: have and increased. And they, they increased mm-hmm. big time when smartphones first hit um like university level students. Oh, wow. Um the suicide rates went up like ridiculous amounts, okay. especially for girls.
1: Um, uh, um so yeah, I mean, that's really interesting for me, um, so I'm going to have to reevaluate my position on that, so no, <laughs> okay. seriously, I, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, um, like a guy, a guy yesterday. I
0: think this is why I'm very fascinated, you know, about the, the mental and emotional pain and how people manage to transcend that and, and how people have this growth mindset, because I, I feel that when you have this mindset, pain is a lot more manageable, when there's a purpose to it, when you feel like this pain is taking you somewhere. Uh, then it's uh, more, more manageable than so, so, that chaos uh, of no purpose. Again,
1: to go back to Harari, um, and this is me, com- like I'm by no measure, like I I have a, uh, I graduated four and five, that's about it. Um, but kind of like what, what Harari stri- tries to say at some point is like, from an evolutionary standpoint, man, was originally like somewhere in the middle of the food chain right and that's a very um anxiety provoking place to be because you can't there's nowhere safe for you to sleep there's nowhere safe for you to be your kids might get eaten by a cheetah you know in the morning and it's it's, it's it's very you're always completely on edge, right? But then somehow, because we kind of transcend biological evolution through uh, projecting abstract ideas and then manifesting them into the real world, and we create things like like we've we've honed things like fire and 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 so forth. We we ascended. The, the the animal hierarchy now we stand at the top but embedded in us is an, is an endocrine system that was hewn for being in the middle of the food chain right we're not the lion like the lion a lion who was like kind of always acclimated to being at the top like sleeps 22 hours a day 22 hours a day <laughs> sleeps uh, wakes up has sex uh, eats goes back to sleep for 22 hours Fantas- like he's not like us, you know, like we have all this power, but we're also very kind of edgy and we're, and that's a scary thing to be. Like if you're very powerful, the last thing you want is for that person to be anxious. Right? And I think we kind of take that out on one another. Now, the reason I- I'm I'm trying to kind of save my ass, on the we're now better than we were, let's say, a hundred years ago argument. The reason I'm bringing this into the kind of the the melee is that perhaps because, uh, you know, the, the neurotransmitters in our brain and and, and because there's so much um, adrenaline and cortisol like flowing through our body, is that even when there is nothing for us to be concerned about, there's this like sense of impending doom. And I get that, and, and, and it's understandable because we, like one of the greatest things humanity has managed to do is understand that there is a future, right? That's, we, and we trade, we sacrifice a bit of today for tomorrow, and that's how we build these great systems and cities and whatever. Animals don't do that. But when you do that, the logical consequence of that is that, oh shit, one day I'm gonna die. Right? There's an end to this fucking game. So that is very kind of that that that, that, that weighs heavy on you. Like I fall asleep like with my face on the laptop every day or with my face in a book every day. Just so I can for sure avoid that thought creeping into my <laughs> head and not letting me sleep, you know, till five AM. Um I was just telling my wife now before I left, you know, like like sometimes you're in love with your wife on kind of like a a regular median you know like because it's you're running a household you kind of get used to it but you you know you love her and then there's moments where like the, the, the love just like peaks through the clouds and you're just like my god i'm so lucky i have this beautiful woman she gave me these two amazing children and you're overjoyed but then when it goes too high the next thing is like and one day she's gonna die, and you're not gonna have her any longer. And oh God, Jesus Christ, you know, like, and that's what we have to live with. So, in a sense, the adversity, perhaps like the immediate, urgent adversity of things like war, you know, you don't have an existential crisis, or you know, while you're while you're fighting, you know, you don't have an existential crisis when you're in gang warfare. You don't have, you know, you're not afforded the time for that. Um, so perhaps once we've now kind of um, uh, pandered, catered for those needs, like we've elevated past the first rung of Maslow's hierarchy. Now we're in this whole new place and we're like, ah, oh, how do I feel like I belong? Oh, they didn't like my picture, only five likes on my picture, I'm nobody cares about me anymore. And then I'm gonna die. <laughs> and then I'm gonna die. Um, and that's a, a crazy proposition to have. And I think how we try to mitigate that, like I say for myself, uh, for example, I just recently taken up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Again, along with Sam Harrison on a plug, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in great many ways. I think it's amazing about this club called... Can I say the name of the club? Please. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, the names Arete Jiu-Jitsu run by these two amazing twins called uh, Thomas and Dave. Um... And uh, like you go in there, and at the end of the session, you fight. Right? Um, there, there's not trauma, like it's not like boxing, so there's no like, if it, like you you don't you're not gonna get concussed or anything like that. But you do what's called a roll. And from the outside, it does. Like when you look at it, you're like, oh, let's see, yeah, uh, no problem. At the point, the guy just like put his knee on my uh, on my ribs, and I just. And I just just went, fuck off, (laughs) like totally uncalled for, you know, because it's part, but it was so much pain. But then I was addicted to it, then you're addicted. And it feels like, it sounds crazy, but it's cool because every time you go on the mat with someone that's better than you, he's gonna beat you every time, right? There's no like, maybe I'll beat him this, no, it's never gonna happen. If he's better than you, he's gonna win every time. And it just feels like drowning on land. Right? Anything you do is, there is nothing you can do to stop the sense of drowning. But being, putting your body so close to a state of crisis, or perhaps not so close, but within a state of crisis, everything else just dissolves, man. Everything else, like that fucking email your boss sent. Shut up. You in know. fact,
0: martial arts and yoga, and meditation, they all have a lot in common and they have a lot of underlying principles. <clears throat> and one of the main ones is like, live in the moment, don't let your mind go into the future and, and into the past.
1: Uh-huh. But, but while, while with meditation, I have to force myself to do that. I have to sit down and like my, you know, like your thoughts start kind of just like offering themselves to you and the stupidest, you know, it is the most random fucking, it's pineapple okay for pizza. Why are you asking me this now? But with Jiu Jitsu, you, you can't, it's just, there is no space, the bandwidth is completely taken up by what are you gonna do now? you're tired that's painful take action uh, and there's no like you have to be there now for the next 15 minutes you're there for sure there's nowhere else you could possibly be again because pain out of all the subjective experience is the realist out of all of the the, the possible kind of uh, sensations abstractions whatever whatever you want going to call them. And the, mo- the moment you start feeling pain, you're caught in that pain bracket and you don't want it to happen again. And and, um, and yeah, like a very primordial, uh, visceral part of you comes out and it's like... And then the crazy shit about fighting is that... And you see this in boxing, for example, or MMA or whatever. Like you see these guys, like these absolute, um, not being derogatory, but like animals, you know, like beasts. And they'll go for like three months before the fight, every time they meet, you motherfucker, you know, like, and they'll say all kinds of insane shit about like, like they try to demean each other in a million ways, right? They go to the fight, they're still looking at each other, they hate each other, they despise, they wanna kill each other, they'll go to like, I don't know, 10, 12 rounds of boxing. Beating the shit out of each like, other, boxing is a very painful sport. I think all a sports, perhaps, it's more punitive than MMA let's say. So and they go through 12 fights of like throwing I don't know 100 punches to the head and around and then at the end of the fight they'll hug. 9.8 times out of 10 they will hug. It's so rare that after they go to that to that war that they don't turn around at each other, embrace one another, look at each other with a newfound respect, a newfound uh, there's like a fraternal bond that emerges out of violence, which is quite a controversial thing to say, and it's not a thing that we're going to practice at man up. okay <laughs> We're not punching anyone at man up. but it's just something that um, is worth, uh, is worth looking like observing. right And I think we got here because why do people nowadays voluntarily seek out adversity. So I started, yeah, that's how it got there, right? And it's not just Jiu-Jitsu. people go to boxing clubs, people go to you see like these crazy workouts, uh, like like these crossfits, um I don't know what they call it, like Amrap. I don't know, I don't even know what that means, like workout of the day. Da, da, da. That's some mad shit, man. You know, like people are looking for a challenge. Because within that challenge is like a huge sense of Meaning and a huge sense of purpose, and then there's a huge sense of accomplishment and then moreover if we've if if four of us have done it, now we're a community, and sometimes it can spoil itself and turn into a bit of a cult and they want and then you go to work you like. I knew I was going to bring up jiu-jitsu today, I knew it, for sure, <laughs> I bring up jiu-jitsu to my babysitter, you know, not my baby, my kids babysitter, you know, and you just become so enthralled with it, like, this, this. the sense of community is so missing, that the moment you find it, you just become obsessed, and you're like, yeah, fuck it, I'll take a beating man for this.
0: Yeah, and in a way, it's like also finding that thing that really kind of strips everything away and takes you down to that essence. I think that's why, as you said, like there is something in violence that kind of strips away all of the other stuff that that isn't really us in our most raw and most human yeah. present way. And um, I have the same thing. I surf. Um, and it's exactly the same yeah, when you're surfing sure. in waves yeah, which yeah, are sure. slightly bigger than your comfort zone and you're always kind of like, oh, you know. There's that threat of, of violence that, that, that,
1: How dangerous is that?
0: Um, it can be pretty dangerous, yeah. <laughs> I okay. mean, obviously, if the waves are big, you can get held under for, you know, longer than you can hold your breath, um, which is pretty dodgy. Um, you can get hit by someone else's board, which has happened a own, few perhaps. times. You can land on your own, get hit on your own. You can get hit onto the rocks, um, which yeah. also happens. And yet so. you're
1: very drawn to it, I can tell.
0: Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. How
1: long have you been doing it? Uh,
0: more than 10 years.
1: So you've been doing that for, for 10 years so you're quite uh, proficient at it?
0: Yeah, pro- probably about 11, 12 years, something
1: like that. It takes like amazing strength though, right?
0: It's No, actually it doesn't take, I'm not very strong, um, but it takes technique. Um, okay. And it's one of those sports that's re- actually quite hard to learn. Like you really need to put the hours in. I'm really glad that I learned when I was... You know, I had nothing to do. <laughs> I was a student <laughs> and unemployed. And I had time where I could just be a beach bum and sit on the beach and oh, surf nice. all day. If I had to land now, I think it would be practically impossible for me to learn. Okay. Um, but I was lucky. And back in that time, I traveled a lot. So I surfed in Australia and Peru and different places. Which and you happen. were
1: surfing uh, these places that you said you've been? Australia, yeah. Peru. Yeah. Australia is like a notably in all the surfing places. Yeah. Peru also?
0: Yeah, Peru. Peru has the longest wave in the world
1: the longest wave in yeah,
0: the world one Wait a second. so there's, there's places
1: it. in the world where there's like a wave that's like a recurring yes, wave yes, that happens yes,
0: yes. yes like what? even in Malta we have certain spots you can only surf in those places because when the swell comes uh-huh. the waves break on that shallow ground okay so like if you go to for example St. Paul's Bay there's no surf there um where whereas if you go to surfing? Riviera, you can see waves that you see people surfing. Oh cool. So yeah, it's the same, like different places are renowned in the world for having different shapes of waves, more dangerous waves, some have reef
1: exciting. And
0: all of that. Yeah, and it's this it's the same thing, right? Like you're in connection with that like raw aspect of being where all of the
1: yeah, nothing else rubbish yeah, that yeah, in your yeah. mind
0: just gets shoom, completely yeah. wiped out. Yesterday I was surfing in Baharicá, and the, the waves were not like crazy big, but they were quite big and powerful. And um, I got smashed by a wave and I just like came up and I just like managed to take a really small breath. And another wave was like coming at me and I, I didn't manage to take a full breath. So I just got like kind of smacked in the face by this other wave and you just get pulled underwater. And in that moment, like you can't do anything, right? You just have to surrender and kind of wait. And just in that moment, you know, I was underwater, I was, like, really hoping I can take a breath soon, but there was, like, this peace, you know, and this stillness um, inside that moment of, like, supreme danger, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's, as you said, like, we thrive on that, right, everything kind of becomes clear in that moment, and you feel really alive, and you you access your own strength, you're just like, wow, I just came out of that, and you're like super yes, yes, yes. alive and, and you have that vitality kind of coursing through your veins, um, which I think is beautiful. And I mean, I also get that through meditation, which is a very different... Do <laughs> different you get like,
1: you get like, uh, exhilaration from meditation? Definitely. More than yeah.
0: exhilaration, I would say like a deep happiness, like an ecstasy, you could say. Wow. Like when you go super deep in meditation, you you forget your identity of like, you know, all of the material things that you identify with. And you just, you can access that same place of just like pure being. And I think that state of pure being without all of the neurotic mind is an extremely peaceful and beautiful place to stay. And whether you get that through being held under water and almost drowning in a self-session or you know, being like held in a headlock in Jiu-Jitsu or whether you find that in So if you, if you hold
1: anyone in a headlock in Jiu-Jitsu, I think the sensei will come over and like beat you up uh, just, like... Uh. You can't tell I know nothing about
0: jiu-jitsu, but I actually really <laughs> but wanted
1: no, to uh, That's actually one yes. of the first things the guy that initiated me into the sport was... No like, headlock. Like, like, you don't do a headlock. A headlock is a wrestling thing. We don't do wrestling okay, over here. If you yeah. do a wrestling thing over here and you're still a white belt, we're going to come over here and kick. They didn't say it like that. I'm exaggerating. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, no headlocks. <laughs> <know>, um <laughs>
0: Funnily enough, I think
1: um, I signed up for a jiu-jitsu course Because
0: I, I I hear lots lot of people talking about jujitsu And I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan's podcast um, And he talks about jujitsu jitsu a lot on that
1: points for you That's um, your 20, surfing and Joe Rogan, okay, you're winning
0: <laughs> um, uh, And I was like, oh, I want to try this Because again, like martial arts um, And I have a meditation teacher um, And he's very into martial arts as well And he said you should totally try it um, so yeah, good to know that I, I won't try any headlocks on my yeah. first session. <laughs> you're not gonna get to try anything on your know, first I session. <laughs>
1: um, so apparently for the first year, all you all you should try and or should uh, be trying to do is survive. Yeah. Right. You're trying to get not killed. <laughs> okay. Uh, good to know. You're, you're you're
0: making me feel really enthusiastic about this.
1: <laughs> no way you survive it. No, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: It's also like that thing, and I think this is, again, um, something cool about Man Up, is that idea of self-mastery, mm-hmm. right? Like with something like jiu-jitsu or something like surfing, you have to have that student's mindset and yeah. you have to apply yourself in a kind of devotional way to master your craft. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something also that we need to, need to have in our lives as human beings. Um, and I have like a real pet peeve about Netflix, you know, because I feel like we are wasting our lives getting addicted to these series and playing out our biggest potential through other characters. And I think this is something that is really needed in life, that we aspire to become better at a physical practice as well. And that is a metaphor as well for a lot of things we have to learn on an interior level as well.
1: So, the Netflix thing. (laughs) Here we go with the Netflix thing. So uh, you, perhaps you know, perhaps you don't. Um, one of the things I was doing before I was doing Kashaturi and I still do, um, is I, I do screenwriting, right? Um, I wrote a film uh, called Limestone Cowboy. I, I work with, I also work with um, the commission responsible for persons with disability. And we made one very short film together and we're doing, we're shooting another one in December. So it's like a project where I teach screenwriting, um, to persons with disability. And then we go off and we do our own kind of little comedy film. The next one coming out is like so politically incorrect. I could even, like, I don't know how the country is going to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> but, but the thing is, the thing about the project is like, this is what the people even saying, it, like the people with disability is a bit weird because it's a, terrible grouping in the sense that like, they're so different to one another and the arguments we had, like one of the longest arguments we had, like a, like a workshop stopping argument we had, was one guy was like, came in like on his wheelchair, like pissed off, It's like, you know what they said on television? They said handicapped. And he's like, what the fuck do they think? Like, like this is not the 60s, you know? And then the other woman, like, who limps in on her crushes and she's all, you know, physically mangled and whatever, and she's like, so fucking what? Like, they say handicapped. I don't care. She's like, what do you mean? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, it's a, it's a description. It's a word. It doesn't affect me. I don't feel like... Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm demeaned by that word, and so even within like a small group, and it's a small group of seven, seven guys, uh, seven people. Uh, even within those the small group, they're so they're so differing. Uh, the ideas about who they are as a collective is so different. So. What, I, what was he saying, a screenwriting? Netflix. Netflix. So, yeah, I think stories, though, are vital, right? I watch Netflix and perhaps sometimes I watch a bit too much Netflix. Right now, not so much, but there are times when I watch a fair volume of Netflix, I kind of excuse it as kind of like market research, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh, but I think, let, let, me, let me explain like a bit deeper, right, my thinking, because I also love story and I... So I didn't know that you actually wrote "Limestone Cowboy." Co-wrote, okay. Um, uh, myself
1: and Carlos de Batista co-wrote. Amazing!
0: I think it is a national treasure. I love your sister as well. Um, yeah, I, love I her think too. Um, it was just an amazing, amazing production. I felt truly proud to be Maltese in that moment. It was oh, super so great much. and. I think story super healing. I love Joseph Campbell. I've read his book, Hero with a Thousand That's Faces. where I was going. You know, maybe 10 times, um, like, most quotable things ever in my life um, is, is one of the quotes from Hero with a Thousand Faces, which I love. And, and yes, stories. Which is which quote? Um, it's actually very, from the beginning of the book, and I can't quote it, like, word for word, but what he says is that Deep down within the ordinary world, if you go down into the Aladdin caves of the human mind, mm-hmm. there lie, uh, lie lots of dangerous jinn, is the word he uses. Mm-hmm. And he says that in that realm are all of the most, our deepest fears, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there lie the keys to all of our unrealized potential, which is where all our happiness yeah. lies. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and he yeah. sort of says, like, we're so scared of it because if we find it, it's going to disrupt the whole fabric of our lives. Yeah. Um, he says it in a much more poetic way than that. <laughs> like (laughs) (laughs) share that quote with you if you like um but yeah story super believe in it um series and movies I feel like are very different Um, Exceedingly different 100% love movies Mm -hmm. series I feel like they you know the whole beauty of a story is it comes to a resolution and Mm -hmm. even if even if the resolution is abstract and you have to kind of Mm -hmm. choose your own ending the ending is there you close the loop and I think the human mind is not designed to have an open loop, which is why that damn next episode button is so...
1: Alluring you know, and yeah, I, yeah, I I watch
0: Netflix too. I just watch The Crown, you know, like I'm not like, you know, the saint that never watched Netflix, but mm-hmm. I am very aware of how it makes me feel and I'm very aware of how much I want to click that button at the end <laughs> of it and how much of my life I could waste if I and gave into assholes. that button they, all the time. they
1: assholes. They don't even like... Uh, I don't know if everyone has the same setting, but for me, the... the the show finishes, like the episode finishes, and then the button starts loading. Like first, yes. it's, it's like bright red, and then it's like a dollar, 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 and it doesn't even give you a t- like it's like it's like two seconds now. It used to be like five. Yeah. Now it's like, do you want? to, Of course you do.
0: <laughs> like we're not even gonna have this conversation. You want? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then before you know it, yeah, you're five, and, and yeah. So from a, a, a storytelling standpoint, definitely, movies are very different to um, to, to series. Um, I think there is great work of great literary genius in series. One of my favorite stories ever told remains uh, Breaking Bad, for sure. I think the characterizations there and the arcs and the development of, um, of Walter White is is, is tremendous. Um, and yeah, I mean, this, this is the vicariousness that you're talking about is very real and it's, it's very useful, but it's also very dangerous. So like most things, um, me watching a hero, me watching Rocky, let's say, and seeing how this guy um, for the rest of society is, is kind of categorized as a loser uh, winds up being I don't know, they, make, they become world champions at the point like to, like to see that rise and as a species again to go back to us being in the middle of the food chain and rising to the top. we're very much enamored with that story of being kind of like very like the underdog story it's everywhere you know Karate Kid Braveheart it's Rumble the hero's, gen. The hero's I mean, journey the like every anti- story is since the beginning of time, that. Yeah. and I think I think so I think there's a an evolutionary reason as to why we're so attuned to that it's because that's the rise of the human. Um, and uh, but that and that that can be good so that can you can see yourself through the, the hero and and you know kind of in a very base banal way you say oh if he did it then perhaps I could do it you know and we all had idols uh when we were kids and like my idol was was Hulk Hogan and uh and and he wanted to you know fight for justice and he'd be in trouble and Andre the Giant would be beating the shit out of him and then he'd succeed anyway and that that kind of um um that kind of uh, permeation between the membrane of being lo- being on the losing end to the winning end, and how that's possible. I think it's important to give that to your to your children. I think that it's, important, it's important that they internalize that. Um, but yeah, I can see how 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 series can be a problem. It's also like the story can inspire you to go
0: and live your own story or it can be a substitute for living your own story. Yeah, yeah, that's, and I that's think dangerous that, is the, that is where we yeah, are yeah, yeah. in society at the moment, like that it's becoming a substitute. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, birth rates are going down because people prefer to watch Netflix and have sex. You know, that's kind of problematic, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. where that's the point, right, to which we're substituting real life for someone else's life. And I think, yeah, that's, that's... Yeah,
1: presumably pornographic content is going up and and pro- possibly people watching pornography I mean, and vicariously having sex with uh, with the screen rather than their girlfriends.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other topic um, <laughs> that up. I actually had a really interesting chat on this podcast with, with, with a friend of mine who's very passionate about this. Um, but, yeah, you know, it all comes down to, like, how can we live our own story? And, uh-huh. um, yes, movies can really, really inspire that. Um, I hope you're going to show your kids Star Wars. That's one of my favorites. Mashley. Don't, don't kid tell kid me you're not Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it, John. Podcast <laughs> is over. Podcast is over. The lead. The lead they should read. But have you watched them properly? Because I, I was never them. a
1: fan. I watched I watched two two of them. But the thing is that... that Did by you the watch time them
0: in the correct order and all
1: of that? Like the first one that was produced was the first one I watched. Yes, yeah? okay. uh, but the thing was that I had been in so many writers rooms mm-hmm. where people went, uh, okay, so like what happened in Star Wars, right? <laughs> in the second act, I'm like, uh, haven't seen Star Wars, give me another movie. <laughs> and everyone would look at me like this motherfucking infidel, you know? Um, Dude, if you're a uh, screenwriter, Yes, it's, uh, it's, this is uh, really. Yeah, nice but I had heard about it so much that by the time, and like about two or three years in, you know, I was like, ah, fuck, I'll go watch this. Thing. <laughs> um, but I basically knew the plot and yeah. I knew exactly why things were happening. And, yeah. and uh, basically it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Campbell's work yeah. mapped out into yeah. space. It's
0: like the most accurate reflection of the hero's journey in a movie. And I think that's why people are, are so obsessed with it. Like there's there's that like cult-like obsession with Star Wars. Um, Yeah, personally, I'm a, I'm a big fan. But I, I only watched um, Star Wars and The Lord of the Rings after I read The Hero's Journey. Um, before I could never get into either of them. I was always like, oh, I just don't get why everyone loves these films so much. Um, and then after reading Joseph Campbell and realizing, you know, how much... The things that are happening in the film are a reflection of our own psychological patterns, you know, even, you know, the Lord of the Rings and this idea of, you know, carrying the ring and this, this burden of evil that we have to carry that's always sort of trying to tempt us down a different yeah. road than who we really want to be. know, I think ideas like this are just so powerful to reflect on and, and so powerful to kind of have those yeah. questions a week, Especially
1: the, the darkness, no? like the darkness that's in all of us. I think that's exceedingly important to kind of... That, that's one of the things that I used to, to kind of find a bit frustrating and I never... I, I always used to fail to articulate it when I was in these kind of self, self-help uh, meditation groups where it's like everything is... Uh, everything is kind of uh, fine and beautiful and let's kind of, like, if we're just all positive, we're always going to be positive. Ah. And, and there was something, like, in, instinctively that I wasn't buying into that narrative, but I couldn't, like, put my finger on it. And I tried to buy into it and I tried to tell myself. <laughs> and then, and for a while, like, I came back, like, I was a, a terrible wreck, as I explained earlier in the beginning. And then I I had, like, all, all these kind of, like, I had the motivation of kind of being a good person to so my mom could stop thinking of her son as such a fucking disappointment. And uh, the first, so the first thing I did was I, I took up like pacing meditation. There was one day in my life where my life changed. I remember this day. Like there was one day I was like, all right, guy, enough of this fucking shit. Spent the day meditating. had never meditated in my life, and my life literally just like flipped. And then, it, then it kind of like um, it just opened the door into something that I had no idea was possible about me but anyway then I, I moved to london for a year to get away from all the temptation um, and 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 i was like i came back home like people didn't recognize me i'd lost like maybe 10 kilos i was vegetarian i was like there would there would be conflict in the room and and i would be like thinking that I am now the Dalai Lama. I I used to think I used to think I'm so over violence and anger and and this is so now I am I'm resonating at such a high frequency that, that you know I'm just going to walk into the room and and, and and bring light to to all my disciples. And and I, and I and I I went to to my sister's office and I used to like kind of like preach to people about you know you don't need to have conflict in life, and life doesn't you need, and you, you do the thing. And then, at the point, my sister was like, uh, John, we need a writer for the show, would you come and write? And I was like, I didn't really want to do it, because I was just enjoying going to Busquette in the morning, meditating, then walking around, like aimlessly. So, and I was like vibing, I was like really in a good space. I used to wake up 3 a.m. and like, I can't wait for sunset, for sunrise. Like that was the highlight of my day, I was like really happy. And then I went to work with my sister, which is a very highly, highly intense, high octane situation. And um, I thought that I could just carry my benevolence into this office environment. And by like the third week, I literally ripped a door off the hinges. (coughs) literally literally yeah. lit <laughs> the door <laughs> off the hinges and uh, because I, was, I I, just I, I was gonna I was, I was gonna pummel someone and um, yeah so so I had repressed the darkness I had, I had thought that there was yes. no darkness there was nothing that I had heard like from all the or maybe I didn't want to hear like cause I was listening to like a lot of Krishnamurti and and mm. and mm. and uh, What was the other guy? The bald guy with the mustache? Dyer, Dyer, Dyer. Dyer. Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer. And I was like, and there was nothing in there for, at least not that I picked up on it. Like, listen, you still got darkness in there and you gotta be aware (laughs) of it. You gotta deal with it. um, And then that happened. But I think one of the coolest things that I've ever learned uh, comes from Jung, who's like a precursor to uh, Campbell. Which is like uh, the thing, which is very similar to what you said, actually. The thing that you need most is the place that you least want to look, right? And the place that you least want to look is like the 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 shitty, dark, vain, jealous, and a weak, uh, you know, side of you that you you need to look at. And then when you look at that, and then maybe you can start kind of reassembling yourself, so you're a bit less less of that. But you have to accept. And he also says. Your shadow stretches all the way down to hell. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Carl Jung. And I, this is a really, I'm glad he brought it up because this is a really common misconception in the self-help and meditation spirituality movement in general, that it's all about just like going to the light. Um, mm. And it's just not possible. Like we are a being that is half dark, half light. And the psychological part where you deal with your shadow and your narcissistic, egoic tendency is probably more important than, like, doing the meditation. and Like, they go together, right? It's like a 50-50 thing. Um, But it's not easy to do and look at your own shadow and look at all the darkness within because it's like letting out a beast, right, that you need to then deal with. Um, In fact, like... This is maybe a bit of a random question, or like a <laughs> curve ball I'm gonna throw it away. But like, I get the feeling like, through the Man Up Project, you want to help people deal with this darkness, right? And how do you how do you plan to do that? Because it's quite a big task.
1: Hmm. Um. I think there's a level of. Uh, so you do that by uh, sincerity, right? And and the the thing is. The one thing that, that we want to kind of impart in the MANA project is there are things that you don't want to do, that really you really don't want to do because everything in your head tells you that you shouldn't be doing, that you're just going to have to walk through, right? And the beautiful thing is that a lot of the times once you walk through that frame, so, so I visualize it like every morning when I don't want to get up, to, let's say to go to the gym, I see a door and I walk through that door. And then once you get, once you merge to the other side, um, you realize that it's not that hard. The thing with man up, and that's why, so, the thing with man up, that's why it it needs to be a group, right? Because, especially in a, um, so that's how we're going to deal with it. And this is, this is another, this is another um, avenue of well, not an avenue, but this is, a, this is another tool that's going to be integrated into the first one, which is the reason you needed to be a group, especially in a, a confessional society like ours, right? Like we're, we're a Catholic society. We, you know, shame is a big part of Catholicism. Compounded with that, we're an island, so we're insular. So we don't like to say things, right? But if... In, within the context of the group, one of us is brave enough to be a vulnerable, right? Then that will, you know, make it okay for the others to kind of start uh, pouring themselves out. Um, strange thing happened, like we were shooting the promo for, for men Up and we're like, okay guys, now let's sit down for the promo and let's pretend we're gonna talk, okay? And uh, um, and uh, let's just let's just have let's just pretend we're having a conversation, okay, guys. So it's like myself, this ex-navy guy, you know, another boxer guy, and like we're all sitting around. And the the guy, Matthew, who now I realize is a much cheekier fucker <laughs> than I thought, goes. So guys, what do you think about this man up project? And I'm telling you, man, like these guys who are essentially actors. They just started. Oh you know i i need a space like this because you know what happens to me man like this guy talks to me and then i feel weak but then to compensate i will tell him this thing so he can know that i'm a fucking man cuz i'm a fucking man <laughs> and, and then, and we're, like, and we're like, yeah, yeah, you're a fucking man, but you don't need to do that. But you know, thinking about it, I think I overcompensate as well. And and like wow. this this thing where we're supposed to be acting, just like the camera stopped rolling and we're just still there, like <laughs> hammering away. Or, or why? So and and I think there's something very ancient about that. I think there's something um, very, for the lack of us not understanding it, something esoteric when kind of. Um, perhaps masculine minds um, sit in such proximity to one another um, that there is some I don't know uh, link or frequency achieved, and you know, um, and then there's that addictive, or rather seductive um, element of feeling your pain being nursed, and when you start talking about it, and people are empathizing and you know that all of a sudden you know it's not you you know um, you know that it's it's a common theme but just people never told you that it's normal um, and then you can get uh, pretty dark I guess then you can you can you can really look at yourself because we're all looking at ourselves um, and uh, and as that's the, that's the dragon no there's the dragon in the the ancient myth and and you can't you can't get the diamonds unless you fight the dragon and sometimes the dragon is is within, you know. Sometimes it's without. And Man Up wants to also kind of um, prepare you for that, equip you for that, you know, because sometimes the wolves will come to your door and you need to be ready for that. Uh, but sometimes it's also within and you need to make that warfare with yourself have first of all lust as least as little as possible because you need to function in the world but also um, you know without causing as least unnecessary damage because you're going to cause unnecessary damage because we're all like you know we're all
0: slightly mad slightly <laughs>
1: mad and a bit useless and you know <laughs> prone to taking on neurotic uh, neurotic patterns and whatever but at least if you're aware of them I think you could limit the damage, um, I, know, I know I have. Um, so that is, that, is, that is, that's how we intend to do it.
0: It's a simple formula really, but it's so powerful if you just have the courage to actually show up and be yourself in that space. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Showing, uh, that, that, that showing up thing is a, big, is a big thing that I say, so I used to be, so, what I, so one thing I used to do as a kid that, that really held me back, was pretend that I've just so okay so I turn up, but I when I turn up I don't state what my goal is right so I because I why 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 would I state my goal because that means if I don't get the goal then I'm a failure right, and um, so it, in order to kind of assuage that from happening, you don't say what it is. Um, I don't know why I'm going here, but yeah, but it's basically like jump off the cliff is another thing I completely tell myself, you know, all the time. It's like, uh, like when you messaged me, I think it was yesterday, No, know, you messaged?
0: A couple of days ago. A couple yeah. of days, was like,
1: uh, yeah, saying uh, she has a podcast, you don't know if you're going to suck or not, yeah, whatever, yeah, let's do it, yes, let's do it, <laughs> fuck it, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it's the same, like, like, I try to approach it, I try to approach things as much as possible as I can because... There isn't a much better teacher than failure. There really isn't. And once you understand that, once you harness that, um, you're pretty fucking unstoppable. Because a lot of the time is just you getting in your own way because you don't want to tell yourself. You don't look at into the mirror and think you're a failure, but you you failed, but you're not a failure. You failed, and this it feels terrible. And that terrible, you you should take that terrible. Like I had, I was in a situation with a friend of mine, and we were doing a business deal. The business deal went fucking tits up disaster. And he rolled a joint and, and started smoking. I was like, no, 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 dude, you're ruining it. You're ruining the moment. You're <laughs> ruining, Let's sit with, with the pants. Like, you're fucking nuts. I'm like, no, no, you know this terrible thing you're feeling? That is going to remind you not to be a complete fucking half-ass you know businessman next time you're in a negotiation because you're gonna recall back to that moment where we're sitting here feeling like two complete you know losers and you're not gonna act in the w- in the world in the way that you did so you don't get here. So put that joint out. Let's learn this thing. Uh. <laughs> Uh,
0: that's yeah. that's that's a whole other rabbit hole we could uh, go down. We could press how we you. how we distract our pain with uh, drugs alcohol and other other things. But um, I think it's it's time to close is the loop of this story. Okay. Um, it's been like an hour and a half, really. Has it? Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'd love to just like close up with like what would you say to a guy that's listening to this and is like, oh, some of this is making sense. Maybe I want to go to man up.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm really uh, not great at at pitching, but but I really believe, but I, 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 I so believe in this, you know. Um, I'm just so naturally motivated to um, watch people succeed. This has been, this has been who I am, you know, like from when I was in hip hop and and there was this this guy Lopez was also in the video and like he turned up at a, he turned up at a, a jamming night that I used to do, and he rapped two lines was okay but then he like, completely froze and started stammering, but I saw in his face like this guy really wanted to be a good rapper I didn't know him so he came off stage and he's like just sat in the corner like trembling almost and I sat with him and I said uh, I said I said you know. Good job, man. Good good, good job for trying like, to no, no, my God, man. Like he, cause he wanted it so bad. The fact that he went up there and and, and underperformed in a great way and uh, perhaps people were laughing or whatever, you know, cause the world of hip hop is not the most kind of clement um, environment. Um, and I just felt so uh, compelled by this guy's passion and his pain and, but, but they told him, bro, I don't know if I'm gonna drive you home. And, and I, we drove, I drove him home and on the way there, like I, I heard his story and I, and uh, and we stayed in touch from there and we actually wound up making a, a, an album together. And today he's his own artist and he's ama- an amazing, an amazing artist and he's gonna win Malta's Got Talent, so if you're watching, both will love it, if you're listening, sorry. Um, but it's that's always been like, I, I don't know, I get high off the idea of, of, of being helpful and, the thing is that um, if you're if you if you're listening and, and you're in in pain or you're confused or you you simply just don't know what you want. Like just life feels a bit meaningless. <sighs> and and perhaps you're turning into a bit of a, a nihilist and you're just um, you know, a flame with, with, with existential pain. The thing is that there's, there's really things you can do, and they're not that difficult to, uh, to do, but you, you do need kind of a strategy around them. Now, the, the, the lucky part is that there's going to be four guys there, um, all of whom have very interesting life stories, and um, you know, there's um, people that, are, that are, uh, are counselors, people that were in the, in the Navy, and um, there's myself, and we're gonna help you like kind of skip all the bullshit, you know, and kind of like help you not get lost and kind of help you um, apply the things that work, and we will let you know why they work, right? And how they work, and 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 how to, to compound them together, together to stack them up, so you become pretty much, you, you become pretty much unstoppable. Of course, like that's not taking into consideration things that are outside of your control. Like you're not gonna become, you know, some you're not gonna run into a firefight. But you're gonna wake up every morning feeling slightly better about yourself, and that's that um incremental pursuit for amelioration that one ought to be after and i just can't wait for people to come around and 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 be be part of this community and uh, and and to be honest like there's also like a lot of learning that i'm going to do from this for sure which is really exciting like a, a guy 3 days ago put something up on facebook and he uh, he, he criticized it like and, and not even like an intellectual like just like this is bullshit and <laughs> that, that was like literally what he said like, this is bullshit and I'm like why and we had this whole conversation and then at the end of the, the, the interaction he said uh, don't think I don't follow you like kind of like I still follow you just because I don't agree with you i like listen dude like if I wanted yes men like this is not what I would be saying you know like what I want is to learn from the people that I interact with because I'm very well aware that I know what I know is very 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 limited so the more I can interact with people and the more they can teach me from their life experience so man up is like a, a big part of man up is also the fact that I've always wanted to, to, there to be a community like that um, of, of, of men uh, not that I have anything against like these weekend yoga retreats, but <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel like I, you know, uh, I just don't feel like I'm the market, but yeah, I've always wanted to have this this community of, of brothers that, that, that support each other and that understand each other and so forth. And yeah, so come be a part of that community. That last line is a bit cheesy, <laughs> you know?
0: but you said it from the heart so <laughs> yeah, it's good um no i think it's well, we'll i really it wish there, you luck really, John. Yeah. i think it's i think it's a real service um and something i experienced from my own journey is that the environment plays such a big part like if you're alone and you want to make change it's so much harder than if you're surrounded by people who are also kind of striving forward and yeah i think it's awesome really looking forward to getting your updates about how your first group groups go yeah yeah,
1: and, yeah. Uh, we have some interesting people coming cuz we um, uh, uh, well, we kind of were already, in, uh, you know what happens. Like they, they will send like the application, and I'll go check their Facebook. <laughs> no, but that, but from what I see, very interesting lives, very interesting lives. Um, I I can't wait uh, for the community to get together.
0: Yeah, super. So I hope you come back and tell us all the man up stories of transformation and brotherhood that you guys were sharing. Um, thank you. And if you ever want to go on a and now it feels yoga really retreat, natural. you can come on our Yes, yes. Now we can
1: do the yoga retreat. We can do like a, we can have like an exchange <laughs> yes, program. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. And now it feels very natural for me to say uh, thank you for the invitation.
0: Thank you, John. It's been really nice to, you know, like I had no idea where this conversation was going to go. Um, and it went in quite a few interesting, <laughs> co- interesting. slightly chaotic places. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it but it was really, really nice to just get your thoughts on a lot of different random stuff. I think it was the first time I actually like went into politics on the show. We were slightly touched on it. Um, uh, I'm actually super into politics because I, I studied it as my master's. Um, and it always fascinates me.
1: You know you're opening another the, Pandora's box. Yeah, I here. know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're away. just going to have but,
0: to come back. As okay. I said, in Mota, it's like limited my pool of podcast guests. So you have to come back.
1: So there, will, there you will keep be the fuel the for sequel. the fire going. Yes, there will be John's yeah. sequel for yeah, sure.
0: Exactly. Super. Awesome. So thanks everyone for listening. Hope this was a story to inspire you on your own inner journey. And uh, if you're listening and touched by anything that John has to say, check out Man Up.
1: .com. Awesome. you Just find us on the Facebook. The yeah, Facebook. And, and check out Kashaturi as well. It's Facebook, awesome. Huh? <laughs>
0: yeah, um uh, yeah. Just follow John, find him on Facebook and you'll see all of his awesome projects. Thanks, Thanks so John. Much. Thanks for having me. Amazing.